Welcome to Honest Conversations in Black and White. I'm Virgil Walker. I'm joined by Scott Annual. We've got a special guest coming up uh, in uh, this particular show. Like always, I mean, we're always excited to be with you and excited specifically for this topic. I think it's germane, not not just for the the, the here and now, but really more broadly speaking. Yep. Uh, issues, very relevant issues. Re- very relevant issues. Issues around it, how, do, how do you connect emotion with faith? How do you how, how does it express itself? What is mm-hmm. what are those things look like and I think that that conversation is an ongoing conversation and then what we see happening from time to time in culture draws that out maybe more so than than at others right and so I'm looking forward to this conversation uh, with our friend I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a his name and kind of a little bit of background I'm gonna I'm gonna hand things over to Scott and uh, and he can tee things off for us we're being joined today by uh, Dr. Ryan Martin Uh, he is the pastor of Columbiaville Baptist Church in Columbiaville Michigan Uh, he's received his Master's of Divinity and Doctorate of Philosophy and uh, Historical Theology degrees uh, from Central Baptist Theological Seminary. His dissertation was on the role of affections and passions in the theology of Jonathan Edwards. We're going to be talking about that in great detail today. Uh, He's the author of Understanding Affections in Theology by Jonathan Edwards. He also has contributed to several other publications, including Hymns to the Living God, uh, the Conservative Christian Declaration, the Jonathan Edwards Encyclopedia, and Regeneration, Revival, and Creation. Uh, help me in welcoming and thanking uh, uh, Dr. Ryan Martin for joining us. Thanks for being with us uh, this morning. It's really a pleasure. Thank you for the invitation. Absolutely. Glad to have you. Excited for our conversation. I'm going to hand things off uh, to, to Scott to get us started yeah. in this conversation. Yeah. Ryan and I have known each other a long time, maybe like 2004, 2005, around around that was when we kind of first connected uh Largely online through blogs initially. We, we initially had an online relationship. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but we eventually met in person and uh, have have uh, developed a friendship over the years. Yeah. We're in the same church in North Carolina for a couple of years, and he's hopped around to different states. I've hopped around to different states. So uh, thankful to be able to have this conversation. We're going to talk mostly about Ryan's book, which is basically a publication of the dissertation that you mentioned a moment yeah, ago. yeah. Uh, published by TNT Clark, Understanding Affections in the Theology of Jonathan Edwards, High Exercises of Divine Love. Mm. Uh, you can pick up this book. It's in hardcover. It's also in paperback and uh, excellent book that we want to talk about. Uh, Ryan, why don't you start with sort of sharing your uh, your motivation initially, mm-hmm. kind of the, the current current milieu of, disc- of, of talking about emotion that's in modern evangelicalism. What sorts of things were you seeing kind of out there in the common evangelical world that drove you to want to address this, particularly in the theology of Edwards? Well, even back, you know, 15 years ago, or I can't remember for sure. Yeah, probably about 15 years ago when I first started with my interest in Edwards, there was a lot of use of Edwards in among evangelicals citing him in all sorts of different ways. Charismatics would cite him to defend Pentecostalism. Mm -hmm. You would see his name being thrown around in books on worship, defending contemporary Christian worship, uh, saying that Edwards wants us to be very emotional, so therefore contemporary Christian worship is justified 
And evangelicals were using him broadly as a defense of really the Pentecostalization of evangelicalism and evangelical worship. So I was interested in Edwards just as a figure in history to try to understand what is it that he's even talking about. I first read Religious Affections while I was working on my MDiv. So this would have been in the early thousands, early 2000s, early aughts. And uh, I remember reading it very slowly uh, every morning with my uh, Bible study, my own personal Bible study. I'd read like a page or a page and a half. And it took me a while to even just understand what his English and, and all of that. I'm just a kid at the time, relatively speaking. So this is half my life ago. <laughs> and, I, uh, and I was really moved by the book. Of course, I thought of Religious Affections, the, the book, as something of a just a devotional Christian book. But uh, that's... That's not really true. I mean, this is this book is coming out of the fires of controversy uh, in Edwards' own day and his own defense of the Christian religion as he understands it, the Reformed faith. But at any rate, I had read Edwards as a young man in seminary, in my early seminary days, and we're seeing Edwards increasingly cited. So I thought it might be interesting to pursue a look into his understanding of affections. Couple that with a book that I read by a man named, a British scholar named Thomas Dixon from Passions to Emotions. And he cites Edwards and he noted how the language and the concepts around affections uh, had morphed and changed because of scientism and the enlightenment from the, uh, from the pre-modern period to the modern period. And so that book, coupled with my own interest in Edwards and some of the controversies, if you want to call it controversies, but some of the ways he was being used is probably a better way of saying it, mm-hmm. at the time uh, caused me, directed me, it sparked my interest. Let's try to do some work. I had a good friend uh, who ended up being my advisor on my dissertation. Kevin Bowder is his name, who encouraged me in this. And so away I went. Yeah. It, it absolutely is 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 relevant. I mean, Edwards is, was sort of the, you know, Edwards is my homeboy kind of idea with the Young Restless Reform Movement. <laughs> right, right, uh, right. And so many people, I think, like you said, quoting him. And then in just discussions, we use this word emotion, and it always comes up in discussions of revival, sanctification, worship. And as you mentioned, men like Thomas Dixon are writing and saying that category of emotion has evolved over over the years, right? And uh, mm-hmm. Edwards is is would would you say? I mean, I as I view Edwards, he's sort of living at a historical time period, right when a, a lot of that confusion over the nature of spirituality and quote unquote emotion is really sort of coming to a fore, which placed him at a at a critical point to address the. The very issue, would it, would you, would you say that's true? Like you know, right in the height, kind of height of the height of the Enlightenment, shifts are occurring in how we view, you know, uh, the human faculties and these sorts of things. Is that what is that what makes Edwards so critical in discussing this issue? 
Yeah, I think so. I think it's fair to say that he's one of the last figures really to retain some of the pre-modern categories of human affection and uh, making distinctions uh, along the lines of different kinds of affections where when you get to the point where people are using the word emotion, it becomes like this big bucket that holds all kinds of trash. Like you, you could throw good emotions in there, bad emotions, all kinds of things. We just, any kind of feeling we have, we call it emotion. We don't know what we mean by emotion. We're just going to call it that and move forward. Edwards is pretty careful in his defin his definitions, his, his biblical analysis and, and even he was he was ministering at a time where the great awakening is happening and there are all sorts of controversies whether or not it's a genuine work of god or whether it's not there's controversies over what is it that makes it then a genuine work of god mm-hmm. and how can i know that the affections i have are are true at the same time there's a real emphasis on affection it's connected with regeneration. Um, the assumption among Reformed divines is if you have true, if you've truly been born again, you will have affection for God. That follows. So people are looking inward to try to judge the genuineness of their spiritual experience, which I don't think many people, I certainly wouldn't, uh, discourage that. I, I think there's a there's a pot that's that's true and good, but Edwards is saying just because you have affection doesn't mean that you can uh, you can baptize it, so to speak. Yeah. Of course, he's a pedo Baptist, <laughs> but you understand what I right, mean. Yeah. Right. No, I I thought I appreciate kind of some of the categories that you laid out. I want to go back to something that you mentioned earlier. You said that one of the, one of the motivations that you had were that you saw. Uh, Edward's name kind of being used and, and you know, charismatics were doing that. Uh, th- there were, you know, those in, in maybe more conservative reform circles who were, who were saying, hey, well, this is what Edward's meant by, by affections and, and the like. Uh, I, I, I come from, I, you know, my background is, is really, I, I always tell people it was, charism- it was charismania on steroids. Uh, so, I, and in fact, as we, as we came in uh, to, to, uh, to record this morning, uh, I, I played some of that craziness for, uh, for Scott just, for, just to see his reaction. And so I learned that, that Virgil <laughs> once sang in a choir. Yeah, well, see, we didn't, have to, we didn't have to put that out there. We did not, that did not have to be put out there. That, that said, you know, I, I, the, the charismatic circles that, that I were in really, uh, that I was in really, uh, really diminished or, or, or pushed back on anything that was cognitive. So if you were trying to learn something or read something or, uh, or, or add to your education, whether it's theological or otherwise, uh, that was opposite uh, really what was, you know, what was common, you know, if you, you, you were, you know, you, you, if you were trying to learn about people like Edwards or, or, or historic theology in any way, shape or form, you were kind of seen as a, as a stranger or a weird one. So I was trying that to, that would think, actually stifle the spirit, that would stifle the spirit yeah. actually. Yeah. So as I thought about that, I thought, I wonder what, what circles he's talking about of charismatics who are, who are citing Edwards. And then I, again, having, having read, you know, your book, I realized you're talking about more reformed, 
folks who are uh, who, who lean more, uh, uh, you know, not not cessationist, but but continuationists who are saying uh, may, maybe uh, in fact, in, in, in your book, if I remember, you cited Piper and kind of his his thrust, uh, probably around the time that, that you were about to write this to said, hey, he, he was quoting Edwards, maybe to validate some of, you know, some of his his more continuationist leanings. Was, was that what was going on at the time? Is that what you were kind of experiencing and seeing when you when you mentioned kind of the charismatic movement uh, or maybe maybe charismatic? who are citing Edwards, are you talking about in more reformed circles? Is that kind of where you're leaning? Maybe flesh that out a little bit for us. Well, as I discuss in the first chapter of the book, um, I'm actually looking at both. I'm citing uh, folks within the charismatic movement who are, cite- who are using Edwards, and I'm also citing guys like Sam Storms mm-hmm. and John Piper and many others who would, again, just cite Edwards and then uh, and, and use it to defend their view of what the emotions of the Christian life ought to look like. And, and they would, in, in some respects, make, sometimes they would make some distinctions, but at other times they would use Edwards's categories and replace it, he, they would replace Edwards' categories with emotion right. without any differentiation, without any explanation, or very little mm-hmm. of how our ideas might be different from Edwards. Yeah. So I think, I think it's relegated to a footnote, maybe, in Desiring God, mm-hmm. right? Where he acknowledges yeah. Edwards' distinction between affections and passions. Uh, Sam Storms has a book, Signs of the Spirit, which is supposed to be kind right. of an updated version of the religious affections, where he just takes the word emotion and replaces it for where Edwards is talking about affections, yeah. right? Right. Well, Sam Storms um, is supposed to be, in Signs of the Spirit, summarizing and paraphrasing Edwards's religious affections. And, right. and I think it's an unfortunate place where he goes on to try to explain what affections are in relation to emotions and in a way that i mean it's it's not representing edwards's thought it's his it's sam storm's own thought that he's just inserting its entire paragraph of explanation i think it's it's an unfortunate an unfortunate addition with all due respect to dr storms yeah yeah and these are these are are good men in a lot of ways but you're just saying particularly in this one area yeah so let's get into this a little bit then and, and define for us from from Edward's point of view and then maybe bring in a little bit of the of the history you know historical development of these things before Edward Edwards uh, words like affections passions and then how those relate to what we might today call feelings emotions how do how do you of course sort of categorize those th- those those various uh, uh, issues based on what Edwards was articulating as he saw it in his day yeah, so Edwards would define affections as nothing other than the more vigorous and sensible exercises of the inclination and will of the soul. All right, so that's verbatim from Edwards. So you can see right there that Edwards is connecting affections very closely with the will. Yeah. Edwards would have distinguished between two different operations really in the soul, the understanding and the will. To understand is to see, 
to will is to want or to desire or to be inclined or disinclined from something. Um, so if um, this is a bad example, okay, but I just want to ex show the difference between seeing and desiring. Okay, so I can see a piece of cheesecake. I, it's right there. Now the question is, do I want it or not? And so the understanding sees and beholds. Now this is sense appetites. This is sense understanding, sense seeing. But my, my point is the distinction between these operations. You can see and then want. You can apprehend or understand this is a thing in front, this is a thing outside of me or even myself or God or whoever. And do I like it? Is it good? Do I re, do, what is my judgment about that thing is the operation of the will. So Edwards distinguished between these. So you have understanding and will in the soul. And the affections in Edwards' thought are the more vigorous and sensible exercises of the inclination and will of the soul. So he distinguishes between understanding and will, but for Edwards, affections are really no different than the will. Affections are the more vigorous exercises of the will. Some acts of the will are strong and others are weak. So again, I'll use sense appetite, which is a bad example, but I'm going to use it anyway. So if I... <laughs> You know, if I go into Dairy Queen and I see, I see a mint Oreo blizzard or a Butterfinger blizzard, my will really does, like both of those are good options. You know, I could take either one of those. You can tell that dessert is on my mind this morning, but you can, I'd choose either one of those and my will wants both, but they're not, it's not strongly inclined to one versus the other. So some acts of the will are strong, others are weak. And sometimes the choice is, is not significant. But affections are the stronger acts of the will. Uh, and for Edwards, when he speaks of these, this is why my illustration with sense appetite is so bad. But when Edwards thinks of these movements of the soul, he's thinking about their relation in terms the the soul's interaction or response or consent to spiritual matters or ideal matters or or ideas that we have. So instead of so instead of thinking about uh, blizzards, it's better probably to think about truth. Let's, let's think about truth for a moment. So I can understand a statement to be true, but even there, my will may or may not think of it as good and desirable. And I think we, we used to see this a lot more with people than we do today, but there, were, there would be people, and I think there still are people, for example, who understand that the claims of Christ are likely true that he really did die for sinners and that he is a that he is a savior for all would, who would have him but because they do not want to submit to Christ and because they're afraid of what his lordship might demand upon their lives even though they regard him to be 
true in a sense. They do not regard him to be good. And so their will is disinclined from Christ. Their so affections, it's really the, of it's course. It's really the difference between intellectual assent to theological truths and sure. saving faith that in which we are inclined actually to submit ourselves to Christ in love. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I do think that that that's part of it is uh, intellectual assent, I think, is getting at, at that distinction. But the point that I'm trying to make is that here is something that is presented to the soul. And we have, we have then our will is going to regard it as either something that we want or not. Right. And so that's how Edwards thinks of the distinction between understanding and will on the one hand and um, and and he connects affections, as I said, with the more powerful exercises of the will. So anything that I would truly love that is worthy of my or truly want or th- regard as good in my judgment that I, that is before my soul, when I truly love that thing, I will have, uh, or when I truly want that thing, I will have corresponding affections. My, my will will be exercised. It will be lively toward that thing that I regard to be true and good. Now, at the same time, uh, Edwards would di- distinguish between affections and passions. But before I get into that, I, maybe I should allow you guys to interact with what I just said, because I don't want to just keep droning on. Yeah. No, I think that I think that's helpful. I mean, it, it, as I listen to you, kind of unpack that, uh, unpack you know affections. It, it lends itself to uh, the very process by which sanctification takes place, mm-hmm. um, because we, we hear we hear truth, uh, we understand and know and and, and hear hear the gospel preached, um, hear that truth and 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 are motivated or have mental assent uh, with that understanding and 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 as we're being formed and shaped in that gospel proclamation. Uh, our affections are therefore turned toward Christ, right? Uh, and and that that should that should result in an ongoing process of 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 a sanctified life, you know mm-hmm. that that uh, that lends itself to to walking out the things of God. And so as I as I hear you talk about affections, it sounds much it sounds deeper than perhaps what we'll talk about next, which are passions or or just or just flat out emotion. So yeah, yeah. I I just want to. Say Virgil, you're absolutely right. The if, I mean, even from a biblical point of view, the importance of love with the fruit of the spirit and the working of the spirit in respect to our sanctification is certainly there. And how many times is Paul or the New Testament authors urging us to love God and to love each other? Right. So, and and that. That's what Jesus or Paul says to love our neighbor as ourselves is to is the fulfilling of the law. Mm-hmm. It's Christ's likeness ultimately, where we sacrifice ourselves for the good of others. Walk yeah. in love as Christ loved you. Yeah. I think this is why the discussion is so important and relevant because the scriptures do place such a high emphasis on our affections. Mm. And but but in our modern yeah. sort of post-enlightenment yeah. categories, yeah. when we when we just use the word emotion. Yeah. And we we try to talk about worship or sanctification or even even saving faith. That's not a nuanced enough category mm-hmm. to even have a conversation, yeah. biblically speaking, right? And and so you know, on the one hand, some people might say, "Well, you you don't you don't believe we ought to have emotion." Well, the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God, and right. and the point is, no, it's not it's not that we're 
you know, that is a that is an emphasis. That is an important part of. I mean, I think Edwards was right when he said true religion consists in the religious affections. Right. You don't have saving faith without affection. But, but, lo- but we've lo- got to have those categories. Absolutely, and, and love is more than emotion, right? It, it, it includes emotion. But but at the end of the day, love is, love is about the the act. What how and, and it points to affections. Uh, it's going to point us toward how we live out our lives. Uh, the scriptures is clear: if you love me, you will keep my right. commands. Uh, so there's a pro- there's a process of affections. As 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 you were talking, I was thinking about uh, as as you Scott were talking, I was thinking about the deconstruction of language mm-hmm. uh, and the devaluing of language. We don't even use the word affections any anymore in in our common day vernacular. Mm-hmm. And if we do, we we mean it. We we apply it to something more sensual or sexual, Some sort of, yeah. Right, Some rather sort of g- gentle, squishy feeling. Right, or right, <laughs> right, yeah. right. Rather, rather than what 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 we're talking about in this context altogether. So yeah, that's incredibly incredible. So helpful. so the next step then, which I think you were going to go to next, Ryan, is how how does he conceive affections then connected with the 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 bodily feelings, passions, whatever whatever terms you want to refer to, which is usually what we mean by feelings and emotions. Right. So help us help us see how Edwards can be helpful for us in in categorizing the difference between the inclinations of the will, the affections, which will influence how we act mm-hmm. on the one hand, and passions, bodily movements, feelings, you know, those sort those sorts of things on the other hand. How how does he how does he articulate the difference? Well he insists in his in religious affections and elsewhere, Edwards insists that there will always be for us embodied creatures a an accompanying uh, an accompanying alteration of the animal spirits. Mm-hmm. That's that's the way he would put it. In other mm-hmm. words, and that's with affections. You, there will there will just because we're embodied means that of necessity there will be some kind of if you want to call it feeling today but there'll be some kind of bodily response mm-hmm. you know when when a truth of scripture for example thinking about it on the spiritual level the truth of scripture really comes to us with power if i again i i'm, I'm grasping after words here but you there's there's a sense in which we will resonate with that and even our body will have some kind of response. Now it may not be that we faint right. or, you know, or cry always. Yeah, but there's some sort of chemical, time. chemical response in our body because we're not, yeah. we're not completely dualistic creatures. Our, our soul Absolutely. and our bodies are, are, they, they influence each other. Yeah. Right? right. Absolutely. Now right. that's, that's part right. of the, go ahead. Yeah, well, I, I was going to say you, as you as you're kind of thinking through maybe may, may an example as you were talking, I immediately thought of this: is is the the older I get, uh, the more sensitive I am to specific issues. Right? Uh, mm-hmm. I, I'll, I'll watch a movie. And uh, especially one about family. My, my affections are for the family, are for seeing men uh, live out manly lives, lives aimed at taking care of their, their wives, their children. And so as, as I'm watching a movie and, and I see a movie about a, about a man who's, who's taking care of his family, maybe at some level of sacrifice, uh, that resonates with me. There's, there's, because my affections are in that, in that vein. I'm trying to live out a life 
that 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 exemplifies that kind of biblical standard as I as I witness it and as I see those kinds of things I, I'm often moved you know n- n- not to the point of tears because we're not gonna break that out you know <laughs> but uh, you know I get I get there's a, there's a little sand that comes in the eye you know I have to kind of clear out every once in a while and uh, and that, that's the that's the bodily kind of e- emotional impact mm-hmm. of something that my heart is is aimed at uh, from an affection standpoint so I, I I make the connection maybe through an example something like that is that is that kind of what you're talking about with regard to a, 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 a response? Yeah, I think that's getting at it, Virgil. I'd probably put it a little bit differently just because I regard, I listen, I'm getting a little bit older too, okay? <laughs> Not that we want to just turn this into an old guy's club and complain <laughs> about our age. But, you know, there are, you know, if I'm watching television, you know, I could probably start crying uh, on certain commercials and this is just a change <laughs> that's happened to sure. me. Well, that's, I'm, and not, I regard I'm not crying on commercials. Ma- I'm not. I'm not crying. I'm just going to okay. put that out well, there. Well, you're a better man than I <laughs> yeah, am, Virgil. But, <laughs> but what I, I look at some of the media that's out there is very manipulative. I don't know mm-hmm. that it's genuine affection that's happening sure. to me when I sure. cry during a commercial. Now, sure. I'm not to say I don't know your experience. I'm not trying to no, necessarily no, downplay it per se. But I what I'm. I don't know that affections can be so genuine affection, especially in the spiritual realm. Sure. Let me put it there. That's helpful. Can be easily manipulated like that. That's yeah. in fact, if That's they were, helpful. they're probably not genuine. That's helpful. But uh, yeah, he is going to Edwards is going to can say, yeah, you are going to have some kind of bodily response. However, those are not the affections. Right. That's the key. A tree can't have affections. There is a there is a response in the body that is accompanied, accompanied, uh, that accompanies, I should say, the affections. But the affections are not the bodily response. That's yeah. good. Yeah. And he would at this point think of the spirits, uh, angels, and even God himself, God himself. both of God whom himself. are capable of affection. And have affections in Edwards's view, and yet they have no bodily response because they're not embodied mm-hmm. creatures like we are. Right. So their affections are quite different, and yet they're genuine. They're true. In fact, with God, his affections are more genuine, more true than ours are. So he is very careful here, and I think it's something that is lost where we believe that we define now affection right. in terms of the feeling. Edward says, yes, it comes along, but it's, it accompanies and there, and it's not, the body is incapable of affections of the will because the will is of the soul, which is our, in, our inner man, not our outer man. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. Edwards is going to make uh, that distinction. And then he's also going, so that's, that's the bodily response. That's one aspect of this. Then he is also going to distinguish as many did before him beforehand. And at this point, let me just mention in passing that Edwards's anthropology, his understanding of affection, passions, understanding, all of these components are, he is not dreaming up on his own. He, is, he might add some nuance of understanding, but he is not coming up with this. He is, he is articulating standard 
Reformation teaching in these areas. Now, that's a bit of a controversial statement. If you're wonder if you're wondering how, how I defend that, you 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 need to read the book. Got to read the book. Yeah. <laughs> but I I would I would insist that Edwards is defending reformed religion as he understands it in this realm. But to get back to it, he is also going to distinguish not only between affections and the bodily response that almost always accompanies it for embodied creatures, but he's also going to distinguish between affections and passions. So there is an inner man's understanding and will. There's an outer man's understanding and will connected with the senses. And this is where the blizzard illustration and the cheesecake illustrations really, uh, really uh, come out because, you know, when I have a desire for uh, a Culver's hamburger or a, or a blizzard or a steak. Ryan, you're making my stomach growl. Yeah, good. (laughs) See what, what, what's happening to Scott right now is he is having a passion for food. He is desiring food and I have aroused it. Right. Through sense appetite, through his sense appetites, because he's been trained to know that blizzards and steaks and Culver's hamburgers well, you are good. Culver's. We don't have Culver's down here, so yeah. that's. Mm. You know. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> so the so those are those are passions, and uh, and the they are different from affections. So mm. when. So when our sense, when our senses uh, show us or present to us, even in our fantasy, our imagination, as it is right now, as I describe this food, as our mm-hmm. senses present to our inner man these uh, these uh, these things that appeal to us or that we dislike, we have. A response, and that isn't an affection. That's a passion, and and so Edwards will distinguish between the inner man's desires, his will, the will's operations of the inner man, and the ways in which we desire things in our outer man. So my desire for sense pleasure of all kinds is properly a passion, and. Edwards makes that distinction again in concert with many, uh, many thinkers before him. So he has now several. Now let me add one more. Well, before I add one more. Well, I was just going to say, correct me if I'm wrong. Edwards wouldn't say the passions are sinful. They're just part of who we are as, as human beings. We have appetites, but nevertheless, it's not the same as an affection. It's not the same as, a, as a, particularly a religious affection. Absolutely, Scott. You're, you're absolutely right. Passions are not sinful. We can't live without them. You right. know, if I don't have a passion for food, I might starve to death. And mm-hmm. if I don't have a passion for sleep. Now, of course, as soon as I say these things, you and I know well that, that our sinfulness in Adam exploits these desires for sense pleasure in ways that we are tempted to sin against God's law and against each other. And that's, and so the passions are often looked at as negatively, but it's not the passions that are simple in themselves. It is 
our sinfulness exploiting those desires. So they just have to, to be kept under control by the, the passions have to be kept under control lest they lead us into sin. And we do that through intellectual understanding and cultivation of the affections. Yeah, I think so. And, and putting these desires underneath our greater love for God and his glory. So, and, and the love of others around us. You know, so, you know, no matter what the temptation might be, we need to put those sins to death. But there are times where they are appropriate and in God's will and commanded for us, yeah. even. and even necessary, like you mentioned. Yeah, I want to. I want to take. I want to take you somewhere else, Ryan, because as, as I listen to you, kind of unpack this, this is incredibly helpful. A providing categories. B pointing to Edwards and saying, "Hey, th- there were thinkers who thought about these things and had categories for them that would be helpful for us in our day." As as you are talking and 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 about this, I'm thinking about current culture in that. Uh, culture and society has so elevated feeling, uh, we bow the knee to that, right? I mean, if, if, if someone wakes up today and they feel more masculine, then, then perhaps their, their gender is, is, is one way. And if they feel a little bit more feminine, then, they're, then, they're, you know, then their gender is something else. And there, there's a, the, the gender fluidity of, of, of culture in our day and you know, people trying to figure out definitions for women and for men. So you got a combination of things, everything from bowing the knee to the idol, to the idol of, of the emotion, uh, to the idol of feeling. Uh, you have the deconstruction of language taking place on top of that as well. Uh, so as, as we look at Edwards and, and for, for some what might seem a little bit stodgy or, or just, just, you know, this is kind of old, this is, this is dusty. And how, how and why would, would or should someone today, what would be helpful for someone today, especially a believer in Christ, who may have adopted a lot of the cultural milieu and said, hey, these, these emotions and feelings, I'm going to bring them inside the church. And uh, we, have, we have feelings too. Now, ours aren't contrary to nature. Ours are in line with, with, with God. Mm-hmm. These feelings are, are right. They're, they're, they're directed in the right way. You know, they're, they're aimed at, at, at God and his worship and, and the like. So, I, you know, I don't need Edwards. I'm just, I just feel this way. And so this is a good thing. How, how would Edwards or, or the study of Edwards inform a, a church culture maybe who's out of, out of sync with, 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 with maybe historical theology, uh, church history, uh, and how we properly viewed these categories? Well, clearly for Edwards, feelings or desires are not self-justifying. That's good. You must bring them into conformity with the will of God. And if you feel or want something that is out of line with God's word, then the problem's with you. and, And you need to learn to cultivate the right feelings in place of, these others. For example, let's say, uh, you know, as a pastor, I, I have a member come up to me and, and say, listen, I feel like I am spiritually at a, at a place where I've never been before. And, and, and I feel this even though I haven't been in church for, you know, a month. <laughs> right. And so I just don't think I really even need church right now. Right, I would right. say to that, I would say to that member, well, I would say a number of things, but among them is just because you have this feeling doesn't mean that your conclusion is right, let alone that the feeling is right. right. You need to bring your loves and your heart 
and and your affections into conformity with the will of God. So if I wake up, if I wake up uh, on a given morning and I, you know, I just don't feel like doing my personal Bible study or I don't feel like praying, I regard it to be a spiritual problem in my own heart and life. Not, it's not something that I need to follow. If I have, you know, so if a woman turns my head, does it mean that that is what I need for myself right now? I should, I should keep my vows to my wife and to my God that I made publicly 22, 22 years and a half years ago. So there, yeah, feelings are not self-justifying. In fact, they are very deceiving. Yeah, yeah, or even what you, or even what you're hearing in in our current uh, culture in in evangelicalism, which is, hey, a God is love, so we all need to love one another. We need to be more accepting of one another, and so uh, we need to embrace those who love differently than we love. Mm-hmm. So if if there if there are those who who a, a woman who who loves a woman and 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 it's all about love and God is love, then we should embrace that idea or if or if two men love one another then that's love too and even that discussion is revealing the the sort of squishy categories because right. what is love they're defining it in right. terms of merely bodily feelings Absolutely. whereas right. scripture would define love as an affection mm-hmm. which certainly is accompanied by bodily feelings but is not in its essence defined by the bodily feelings yeah add add, add to it you know what we're talking about scripture clearly dictates this is this you know th- these two shall be joined here's one man one mm-hmm. woman right. joined in a covenant union for, for life and so I, th- I think when we get when we see that we can recognize that uh, as believers but but there are a lot of folks claiming the name of Christ uh, who don't necessarily hold to those norms, and and what's interesting is the, those who 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 feel that way, who who do what we would consider contrary to what Scripture uh, says or, or states, uh, they look at us in judgment. It's mm-hmm. it's as if we've got it wrong, they've they've got it right, and uh, that you know they're they're the ones who who should be followed and listened to. I, I think uh, as I as I kind of picked up your book and tried to kind of go through it this morning, and and in, pre- in preparation for our time together, uh, what was helpful to me was a like you said that kind of the first chapter a lays out the categories in much the same way that we did today kind of shows you where the where the where the boundaries are where the guidelines are but also i think this is a this is a great read for people to pick up so that serious sincere believers in christ can have these proper categories Mm -hmm. i think we that's that's something that in a lot of spaces and places i find that that are absolutely missing Uh, we don't have proper categories uh we don't have a a historic theological framework by which to go back to to say hey you know what we've always thought these things and here's what that looked like historically speaking and so that we can we can have the confidence in (laughs) a scripture and b its practice yeah so let me let me ask you ryan you know the edwards is really helpful on this because of his clarity uh but ultimately, our authority is Scripture. Mm-hmm. So where where would Edwards point to, or where where in the Scriptures would you point to uh, that help us to see the, these sorts of distinctions and categories as we're trying to assess the nature of true relationship with God, the nature of true worship, the nature of true true spirituality? Uh, where is he rooting these these sorts of ideas biblically? Well, Edwards is, when he defends the role of affections in religion, which he is very keen on doing, mm-hmm. he, is, he right. is insisting that affections are essential in the faith. He's going to go 
in his primary text to 1 Peter 1.8, whom, uh, let me me quote it here accurately uh, from from the scripture, but 1 Peter 1.8, whom having not seen ye love, in whom, though ye see him not, yet believing ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Mm-hmm. Now, that's a really helpful passage for him on a number of levels. First, it's, it's showing the, that affections are crucial, love and joy. And it's not just any kind of love or joy, joy unspeakable mm. and full of glory. He makes the point that this is not any kind of worldly love, nothing found below. This is what's found um, only among the people of God. And by the way, I was going to add this, but I'll do it very quickly. There's a, one other distinction that Edwards raises is the difference between gracious and natural affections. Mm, yep. So it's not just between understanding and the will and affections and not just between affections and bodily, bodily responses or even affections and passions. But now we have natural affections and gracious affections. And for Edwards, gracious affections are those that are wrought of the Spirit of God, that the Spirit of God causes in a new creature. And this is illustrated in this passage where these believers had never seen Christ. They had never seen him. So there we have a hint at the distinction between affections and passions right there. This is a spiritual sight that they have of Christ. And yet they love him that they've never seen. This is not caused by Uh, Slick media presentations. It's not caused by smoke machines. It's not caused by by any kind of, uh, you know, ecstatic worship experience. This is caused by the preaching of the gospel, the word of God that had come to them. In fact, he makes that point later on when he quotes Isaiah and talks about how the new birth happens through the preaching of the word of God. God, the gospel that has come to them. That's later on in First Peter. Now I'm preaching First Peter. Let's get back to Edwards. <laughs> so you so you have this hint at the spirituality of the affections in this very verse. But Edwards is keen on this verse because there's there are affections in the Christian religion. He goes on a tour de force in the first section of his book, Religious Affections, from the scriptures, defending their role and their essential place in the Christian life, that these will be true. As far as distinguishing between affections and passions, um, Edwards would probably look at places like Philippians, and it is in Philippians. Maybe I should speak uh, speak to this now rather than trying, trying to quote Edwards or allude to that. But in Philippians, yeah. Paul makes a distinction between affections and people whose God is their belly. So they serve their appetites, their passions. And of course, there are place, lots of places where passions, the word passion shows up in the original language of the scriptures and in the subsequent English translations. Not all of those refer to what, we, what I've defined as passions here, so I would want to be careful about that. But I think the distinctions there, think about how Paul in the very last verse of Ephesians speaks of the spiritual quality of genuine affection for God. He says, he blesses those who love the Lord Jesus Christ, he says, with love incorruptible. 
I think that's a, one of the places I would go to that shows the spiritual quality of true affections and how they are different from bodily feeling that we that that accompany them in us and even the passions that this is something that's that's incorruptible it's truly spiritual in its character and so the bible i think does bear out these categories if we would be careful to 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 attend to it one other point on this think about how many times in the vast majority of faithful english translations think of how many times the word emotion appears <laughs> yep how many? In most of them, it's zero. <laughs> right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so there's got to be some category distinctions. Wow. Yeah. This, is, this is so important, and, and, you know, and especially it's, it's relevant, right? Because mm-hmm. if we, for example, want to discern whether or not uh, we're, you know, we're, we're truly being affected by the Spirit of God, or let's put it even bigger terms, whether revival is truly taking place, right. I think what you're saying, Ryan, is it, it's got to be, the Spirit uses His Word, His preached Word, His read Word, His taught Word to affect these affections in the soul of man. Right. They're not manipulated or engineered by music, uh, by any sort of uh, what you, how you described it, and any sort of sense uh, uh, activity is actually not creating the affections. True affections are wrought, as you said, by the Spirit of God through the Word that He has inspired. Yeah, Edwards, Edwards, I think, would, would, would agree with a lot of that. He would say that preaching ought to stir the affections and music should stir the affections. In fact, the ordinances are given for affection. But when people take that and run with it and mean, well, then we can stir it up by whatever means possible, mm-hmm. then I think that we ought to go back and read the way that Edwards cautions us uh, in, yeah, because people love to quote Edwards. Yeah, yeah, people love to quote Edwards' statement that the purpose of music is to raise the affections as high as possible, and they say, "See, that's why our music needs to be energetic and exciting, so that we can get roused up." When when we understand the categories that Edwards is using, it 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 uh, it helps us understand exactly what he's saying. Yeah, there. that's good. Yeah, he would he would caution severely against. Any time where passions are actually the basis of our religious feeling, mm. and and he would note how then that might have an effect on the the affections, but it's not genuine. He's not only going to point at the means, like the preaching of the word, prayer, singing, prayer. You know how many people are stirring it up, stirring up affections with prayer. Now maybe mm-hmm. if you have an organ playing, but I don't know that that counts. <laughs> you. He's, he's looking at these genuine means of grace that the scriptures have given us. At the same time, he is insisting that the Spirit of God must use those means, of course, to generate genuine religious, spiritual, capital S, spiritual, gracious affections in us. And at, let me let me also add that when we think about revival and we think about works of God, Edwards is very careful on these questions, and he is he doesn't want to he doesn't want to pour cold water on works of the Spirit, but he insists that those must be judged in terms of the biblical uh, the biblical uh, testimony, the biblical. De- 
means of judging a genuine work of the Spirit of God. And this is the point of his distinguishing work, um, his distinguishing marks of a work of the Spirit of God, where he's preaching from 1 John 4 and giving all sorts of tests whereby we can know that the Spirit of God really has been at work. And that's that's a tough thing to judge because he doesn't leave footprints, if you know what I mean, literal footprints. Mm -hmm. He does leave spiritual marks, but he doesn't, you know, there's not like my my face turns green when I'm when I have the spirit of God working mm-hmm. on me. Right. So this is a spirit a matter of of spiritual judgment, but it's still mm-hmm. important. Yeah, it, it's incredibly important, and and I'm glad that a we had this conversation because a these categories are helpful. Uh, having a book like the one that you've written, I think, is incredibly helpful understanding kind of Edwards' thought process, and not only that, but that we have a historical framework to go back to. Uh, more importantly, we have Scripture uh, that is that is the ultimate judge yeah. of of these kinds of things. And so, the the challenge I think in our day is that that you know any any time you you even open the Scripture to make a proper biblical judgment, uh, you're consi- you're considered you know j- judgy McJudger. Experienced ju- uh, Trump's scripture. Right, yeah. right, right. And so that that's that's problematic. So again, mm-hmm. Ryan, I'm grateful that we've had this conversation, that we've talked through these categories. I'm hopeful that it's uh, that those who who get the book will be edified and and uh, yeah, go out and get this book, Understanding Affections and the Theology of Jonathan Edwards, The High Exercise of Divine Love, published by T and T Clark. Uh, you you were mentioning even before we came on air that e- even just reading through it, yeah. it doesn't read like a a, a stuffy academic no. tome. No. That he, he, it actually no. en- engages you. Yeah. It, did it move your passions when you read when it, you read this? I got a little excited, man. <laughs> I got a little excited. I'm like I understand the words on this page, and so I don't yeah. have to have a dictionary sitting beside me. No, but it made day. you it made you want to dig no, into this, right? It did. Yeah. Absolutely, it did. And and uh, and I think again, as we kind of teed it up, it, it, th- these kinds of, of of ideas that that maybe some have sh- have shied away from for fear that it is a little bit too academic for them mm-hmm. uh, may want to push pause on that because there, there's some things that we've steered away from uh, thinking, well, that's too high-minded for me that, that we really need because yeah. they really provide help in our day. But yeah. again, Ryan, thanks so much for joining us uh, for for this conversation. And again, I'm hopeful that uh, that others are, are, are blessed by it. Let, 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 let those folks know where they can find more of your writing, uh, maybe connect with you if you've got any social media spaces and places where you are. If if not, then then uh, you know maybe some places where you're speaking. Anything that you'd want to leave uh, leave our folks with as as uh, as we wrap up. Well, I I am the pastor of Columbiaville Baptist Church, and uh, if you're in the area, come on by. That would be super. <laughs> uh, but you can you can get the book at Amazon.com. The the other and other great publishers or booksellers. You. If if you're looking for a briefer a briefer um, argument or a briefer synopsis of what this book is arguing, I would point you to the Regeneration Revival book uh, that I contributed to. Maybe you can put a link uh, link yeah. in the in the notes. But that that has a that's a one chapter distillation of what I'm arguing in the book. Now, the book itself, I think, is going to be far more helpful, and I, I think it's ultimately uh, better. That is, understanding affections in the theology of Jonathan Edwards. But um, at the same time, One that's One chapter will that's give a good I'm intro. Yeah. And I'm on yeah. the fake book. I'm on the fake book <laughs> under Ryan Jared Martin. 
<laughs> so you can you can reach out to me that way, or you can send me an email, Ryan Jared Martin, J-A-R-E-D at gmail.com. I'd be happy to hear from anybody and that has questions or further comments. That would be I'd love that. Awesome. Awesome. Again, thanks for being our guest. We've had a great conversation. Looking forward to connecting with you. Looking forward to, looking forward to reading more of your writing. Uh, thank you all for joining us on this edition of Honest Conversations in Black and White.